save big money on everything for your spring projects at Menards. We have all of your garden and landscaping essentials. Master Garden Premium Garden Soil contains a slow-release fertilizer that feeds gardens for up to nine months. It produces better results and is ready to use for all your gardening needs. Save big on Menards' great selection of garden and landscaping products. Compare brands in-store or online at Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. Legend has it, underneath the NJM insurance offices lies a room of rejected mascot memorabilia. Is it real? No one knows. But we do know NJM is proud to put policyholders first. No jingles or mascots, just great insurance. NJM. There's no place to escape to. This is the last podcast. On the left. <laughs> Side stories. That's when the cannibalism started. Side, Side stories. stories. <laughs> yes. Man, that uh, Jeffrey Epstein was murdered, huh? <laughs> oh, whoa. Oh, what a what an easy way to start a show. Well, indeed. It sounds like a great Greyhound bus ride. Huh? Good way to start a conversation. Yes, indeed. Jeffrey Epstein actually courted my mother when she was a little girl. No kidding. in a time machine. It's great. It's a Absolutely. great way to start the show. Guys, it's... It's spooky day, isn't it? It is spooky day, but you know what this also is? Hmm. Side stories. This is side stories. I am Ben, and I have Henry. We got Henry in studio. Henry Jack-O-Lantern Soprowski. We're sitting meat to meat and having a great time. Knocked out a bunch of my teeth. Nice. To make my pumpkin costume more convincing. I love it. Yes, indeed, everyone. I uh, hope you've had a great spooky season so far. I saw a lot of costumes already last weekend. And you know what I'm going to say? For men that are thin, mm-hmm. you know what the costume is? What? Joker. You have to be very slender. I saw one I saw one fat Joker, and that I made me happy. I love a fat Joker. That made me happy. Uh, for me, in the end, Joker would be fat Joker. He's happy. He's a comedian. Yeah. If I'm seeing a Joker, you know what I want to see right next to him? Fucking Batman. That's so, true. Long story. Long story. But guys, all right, so I'm, I'm going to be, let me try to be as explicit as possible. I It's not that I don't believe in the paranormal or or do believe in the paranormal. Mm. I like to have an open mind about it, especially on the show. Because well, you, have, we, you have goblins in your apartment. But this, I mean, to, but to be honest, because I've been such a, a like a repellent to ghosts and mm-hmm. ghosts don't come to me, you know, like I've experienced some spooky dooky stuff, but nothing like really significant. Mm-hmm. I've never really dealt with anything truly spooky. I've been in weird areas. I've been in scary neighborhoods. I've been in old abandoned schools. I mean, to be fair, the scary neighborhoods that you're walking through, all of those people think you're a cop <laughs> and they all are they're repelled by you i make they're them like, tense yes you make them tense yes because again I, I have an authoritative walk right and again you know being a short person full yep. of rage can't wait to speak we have a short person we're going to speak with this week we can't actually reveal it yet i can't even talk about this it's yet. really exciting well speaking of short people you know who i saw henry elton john he is he short yeah you didn't see it I think that he, honestly, he seems to be as wide as he is tall. He's cute. He is cute. He's a perfect sphere. But all right, so I was dealing with all of this, the, these paranormal thoughts, mm-hmm. and I, you know, because on the show, up to a point, it's not that I 
it's not that I, I play it up, but I, I like to – I want to expand my mind. I want to accept the paranormal into my life, mm-hmm. but I've never experienced it. But when I lost my stupid keys mm-hmm. and all that bullshit happened, I got genuinely spooked. Yes. And so I am now like – I'm in my house, and I don't really know what to do. So I listened to several people's advice about how do you handle a, a noisy spirit – Right. Mm-hmm. And I didn't understand any of this because it's like I just I was always afraid to give in. So what does your house just smell like Marianne Williamson's well, living room now? Is it just full of burnt sage? Because and magic other ritual, horse hair? Magic ritual is different. Magic ritual is a way that like because I still believe it's from the inside out. I still believe that when I did the rituals I did to get Heroes Reborn, I fucking like something about it comes from the inside. Right. But this was like an exterior force. So if I listened to a couple of people and I uh-huh. just straight up. They were like nicely. Ask the entity or whatever the fuck it is to give you your belt back. Uh huh. Right? And I was yeah. like, where is your fucking belt? So, like, you were being teased in middle school again, and you just have to be like, give me my belt me, back. Give me my I belt back. And somebody me. whips it over their head like Nelly whipping it like a helicopter. You know, it's a good way to equalize ground with bullies in 2019. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I know what you're saying. Make gun noises. No, that's that's sad. Uh, <laughs> that's sad. If I just did my hands, I went. You guys, you're gonna pay for what you don't give me my pencil. The sad man. thing is, I think if you do mime, uh, uh, you know, uh, what do you call that? <laughs> you just are looking like you're just jerking off a fucking ghost. I think, I think if you do mime cocking a, a shotgun? shotgun and fake aiming it at someone, you'll still be expelled from school because you're thinking about it and you're not allowed to have thoughts. Guess what though. Fucking no more school, dude. Yeah, I'm expelled. I'm a bad boy. I'm working at the ice cream store all day long. Yeah, I don't need a job. I don't need parents. I don't need a future. I got ice cream and my fucking imaginary shotgun. But you guess what? It will turn into a real shotgun. Oh, absolutely. And it'll turn into a full career. (laughs) That's very dangerous. But that's how you equalize that in 2019. So, but what did I do? I said, hey, ever in this house, first of all, hello. Um, you want some nug? Right. I went, got an incense burner, built, burnt a little nug on it, right, as an offering, right? Sat in the space. I said, you can do whatever you want to me. You can move shit around. Please do. I'm going to put out a camera because oh. I want proof, right? I want to do this. But please give me my bell back, number one. And number two, do not scare Wendy. Okay. Like, please leave Wendy alone. And so I went to bed. Wait, that's a good sleeping. Yeah, sound got effect. that. Yeah. I woke up in the morning and what happens to my fucking bullshit? I go through, I was like, Wendy is the belt. <laughs> belt! Whoa! That's my puppy belt! Whoa! Uh, underneath my workout clothes, uh-huh. I do have a drawer of workout clothes now. Okay, okay. It's a brag. Yeah. But in, it's no reason for it to be there. Uh huh. My belt was at the very bottom of the drawer. That's ghosts. All right, there That's it is. That That's was like ghosts. I literally I, I pulled know. it out of the drawer. Well, and Natalie, well, I was like, po- this shit wasn't was here. When was the last time that you opened up your workout clothes drawer? Because <laughs> I do know you work out. I'm not saying that you don't. This body, when, this body is brought to you by five days a week in the gym. Not this body. You're not really selling, you know, Planet Fitness to anyone. But no. I do wonder when did you open up the drawer last? Is it possible again? And I'm not saying that, oh, you got stoned. I'm not no, saying, oh, you had you. your house whiskey. And then you took your belt off and threw it in a random drawer maybe it was in right before a moment of coitus and your brain was not thinking correctly that's true and then you just threw it in a drawer and you said i'm being a good uh, adult here it's in the drawer because sometimes i do play lawnmower man with natalie where i go 
with the belt. <laughs> she loves it. Well, that's disgusting. Well, you know, I had my own horror store this weekend. What? Elton John's concert. Well, you just was, got it, hammered, and no. then you were outside of an amphitheater, and you said you saw a line of people just outside of an amphitheater, and you and you asked someone, well, what are you guys doing here tonight? No, I didn't ask anyone. They all held Elton John shirts. Elton John number one is amazing. So, you, yeah, of course he's fucking amazing. Well, not not of course. I'm sure there's still some skeptics out there. But my my horror ordeal was I got tickets late uh, the day of, like an hour before the concert. Because you just N- followed a line of people into a stadium. You'd be amazed what you can find if you just follow a line of people. Um, So, I'm sitting yeah, there. You find the, the trains to dock out. Well, it, or the Elton John concert. Yep. So I'm sitting in there, section 16, row G, seat 5. And you know what happened? Everyone, as soon as I walked down, he's singing Benny and the Jets. That's his number one song. Uh, the, he does not have a lot of articulation anymore. He was doing good when I saw And he cannot hit the high notes. Well, who needs those notes? And so I sit down in seat 5, Henry. And my, my butt barely fit. And the man next to me started yelling because I almost knocked over his beer. And then I stood up. How would for the you first... feel if someone bigger than you came and knocked uh, over your beer? You know beer? what you do? Number one is <laughs> no. You make the noise. Number one, you get the twenty-four ouncer tall boy of Bud Light. You don't get the draft beer at a concert if they're offering twenty-four ounces of pure, nothing but solid liquid. Well, nothing but liquid gold Bud Light. That's I, what you get. You get the twenty-four ouncer. I prefer a draft beer. Doesn't matter. It's smaller. It's not as much beer. So I, ne- I nearly knocked that over, and then the first time I stood up to applaud after Benny and the Jets, yeah! they damn near torched me to death. It was like it was it was horrible. They chased yeah, me fucking, from the seat. You're drunken, Steve. I was not drunken, Steve. I was entirely sober, and they chased me from my seat. And then I had to go stand in the aisle. And then from there, they kicked me out of the aisle. And I had to go to guest services. And I said, I demand a seat that's proper that I can fit in, ma'am. Oh, my God. And then she said, well, we have some ADA seats. We have one ADA seat. I said, what's an ADA seat? And she said, it's for the Americans with Disabilities seats. And I said, you know what? According to the ADA, I am disabled because I'm 6'7", 335 pounds. And that, my friend, allowed me to sit in the ADA seats. And I watched Elton John do a great performance, and I cried and cried. You Homer Simpson yourself to 335 pounds. I don't know what happened. I don't think you should be allowed to receive disability benefits just because you stopped doing the treadmill like you promised yourself you would. All and I your rowing machine and just added more BLs. You pretend I don't still have that rowing machine, I'm though. not saying you don't still own the wrong machine. Thank you. But there's a difference between having something and using. It's like owning a gun, again, and using the gun. And using a gun. Exactly. That's correct. Rowing machine safety. I keep it on lock. (laughs) Keep it locked up. You gotta be careful. But anyway, I do have to stretch, and I have been stretching quite a bit. But that was my story, and uh, you have to check out, if you get a chance, the farewell tour for Elton John. Yeah, stretching with your performance style. Yes. Indeed. Thank you for the free commercial for Elton John. He needs it, buddy, because those shirts, by the way, you know, we talk a lot about... Shirts are $45. $50. And then also, you know what he has? And this is something that you haven't had to deal with, Henry. Wigs. A tall tax. (laughs) Double extra large shirts? Five extra dollars for a double extra large. that's normal, though. No, but they don't charge... If if it's a baby baby shirt, they charge not the... But if it's a small, they charge the same as if it's a large. Which is because they're charging you more because they don't want you advertising for Elton John. Yeah, they it's, don't want me as a fan. It's cute for the baby to have the face of Elton John on it. It's cute for a slender, uh, a twinkish man to saunter oh. into his local saloon. 
with an Elton John shirt on so he can remind everyone what Elton John used to be like, the kind of man he used to enjoy, a squirrely. I've heard the term otter before. Sure, sure. That That is the type of man that Elton John enjoyed. He likes a firm bottom, but he likes a big top. There you go. Well, anyway, nonetheless. I, it's I, I Halloween. Digress. It's Halloween. That's the most important thing. This is so, I'm so scared. I'm so scared. Why? I don't know. Um, but Halloween is upon <laughs> us, and we're going to tell you guys again. I want to say thank you to the fans that submitted some beautiful listener pasta. Absolutely. We're gonna get to. We're gonna get through some of these stories right now. Some of them true. Some of them less than true. Perhaps. But also, again, let me just before I get us in the mood. I understand that the music box music, I just want to say, yes, thank you for the information. I understand that the music box music is not just some haunted music box that came out of a crypt. I know that it's real music. I know apparently, but I've now heard several people have said several things. So I've heard the love song by Henry Mancini. That's what I've heard. I've heard that. I've heard it's the theme from Dr. Zhivago. Mm-hmm. I've heard it's from some techno song. I believe it's called the uh, the Illuminati technique, the Illumination technique. Do you know what it is, Travis? No, I've only heard the first two. It's like the, 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 it's like the Illuminati, the Illumination technique. It's techno. I've also, you know, people, you guys will say anything. Well, I do think it's from that 1970s film, Love Song. You've never seen it. No. and uh, But this is a boomer trick. We got tricked by a boomer. This is a trap. This is another trap. Like what they did to our um, the environment, what they did to our economy, they tricked us with this music box story. Yes, indeed. But the and same what they time, did in Iraq. What they did. And with that three that long weekend you called a war back in the day. Huh? Yeah. Huh? Go for one. All right. Okay. But that's that. Yes, that is scary. But yes, thank you for the information. So yes, indeed. But this, I'm going to say, each one of these has been thoroughly verified by our team of experts yep. here. Um, by the other, um, between we are technically a team of we're the elder millennials. I I read every single story I'm going to read tonight to Puffin. Uh, How scared was he? Puffin was pretty scared. Pretty scared. I think uh, it's just because you're also doing it in the nude from the toilet. Yes. He always looks at me when, with, with immense amounts of confusion when that happens. So, guys, again, let's set the tone. I'm scared of you right now. Ah! Oh, jeez. Be more scared, you bitch. Whoa. That's for men and women. All right? You be Even though they're trying to make bitch illegal in some places, but I ain't going to let them do it because okay. it's a fun word to say. Well, sure. Okay? In reference to a dog, perhaps. Sure. Yeah. But what I'd like you to do is I'd like to go, I got this new. This is a free advertisement for a thing called an auto grinder. This thing mills on a the second. weed. Listen. You have gotten so lazy yeah. that you can't grind your own weed. I'm harnessing science. I'm harnessing the powers of science. It's like harnessing the sun to kill a bunch of ants or if you got a magnifying glass killing a bunch of people. Okay. So I went and we got the fucking dice up. I've been now layering between a sativa-leaning hybrid and a sativa into one single joint. Put some keef in there, right? Save it at the bottom of your grinder. Get it all, get all that fucking, get that magic lice, right? That's what I'm calling keef, right? Okay. Get that magic lice. Put a little bit on your lips. It makes your lips all numb. It's bad for you, but it's good for you at the same time, right? Achieve it down, okay? I want you to go get yourself some of that fucking nurse. Put it inside your lungs. Smoke it. Don't vape it. It's better to smoke it. 
I know well. some of you are trying to fight smoking, and technically, maybe in a way, they say weed might be bad for you in the long run. But in the end, you know what's also bad for you? Fucking bullet in the head. Well, yeah, I don't think anyone's ever compared anything that's ever been bad for you to having a bullet in the head. But that's how that's we're all going to go, thing. right? No, that's not how all of us are going to go. That's this a very whole few generation's going to choose to go like that because we're braver than the last generation. I we will choose the, the, suicide. We're braver than the last generation, but the generation before them, I think, was quite brave. Yes, the World War Two because they they made they made the economy they they made the atom bomb. Yeah, people that's like brave. Dyke. That's brave. Yeah. Very difficult to do. But we're gonna get in town. Some we're gonna get into some phantom fetichine. So remember, if you're at your office, tell Carol to go fuck herself. The expense oh. reports will get there on Friday. Button your shirts all the way down to just the one. I'm gonna do it as well because I'm wearing oh. a button-up shirt today. Yes, you to are. Just, there's one. Just so there's one button at the very bottom, and the ends of your shirts are just covering your nipples, so your fucking boss can get off your ass. Mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Allow the cold drafts from the office go underneath your breasts, men oh. and women. It's like J Lo's green dress at the Oscars. Remember that when she wore? They invented there? Google Images because of no the dress. kidding. So get yourself in the headspace. Remember, again, you're vulnerable. Oh. You will be murdered by someone or the government. Let's get creepy. All right, let's get creepy with it. Here we go. Uh, Henry, would you like to start it off? Fuck you. All right. Is that scary? Uh, it was a little scary. You you do have some good jump scares today. Our friendship is scary. That's not so scary. The human-faced hermaphroditic demon cat. Ooh. Now, this is a true listener pasta written by Mallory in Kansas City. Thank you, Mallory from Kansas City. Try the barbecue. Stuck in rush hour traffic on I-35, I was listening to last podcast on the left. Henry read a listener email that described an unsettling encounter on the side of the road with a human-faced cat. My blood ran cold, and my heart filled with dread, as old memories flooded my thoughts. I'd once lived with that human-faced cat. I was 13 years old, a painfully awkward only child with parents battling through contentious divorce. In some kind of attempt to comfort me, my father brought home a stray cat that he found wandering the streets. Hmm. This cat was unusual. He had long white fur with rusty orange spots, bright blue eyes that were slightly crossed, and a disgusting pink nose with three black freckles on it. Aww. His tongue was too big, and it hung out of his mouth. (laughs) That's cute. It is cute. Yeah, so far so good. His tail took a 90 degree turn just a few inches from the tip. He was undoubtedly male with fuzzy little scrotum that was clearly visible. (laughs) But most distinctly, this cat had alarmingly human facial features. Hmm. I named him Steve, a human name for a human-faced cat. Okay. I moved with my mom to a rural town with one whole stop sign. That R-worded cat was my only friend out there. Oh. Shortly after the move, Steve went missing. I was devastated. After weeks of violent storms and historic flooding that nearly destroyed our house, I knew in my heart... That he could not have survived. Steve was gone forever. Oh, no. Exactly three months later, I woke in a cold sweat. I dreamed that Steve came back. I was confused. This should have been a happy dream. Instead, it felt more like a nightmare. Hmm. I ignored the feeling of impending doom and tried to forget it. Three days after the dream, I walked outside and there he was. Staring at me with those crossed blue eyes. It was the same cat. 
same color, same spots, same nose with the same freckles, same tongue sticking out at me, same bend at the end of the tail, Hmm. same creepy human face. There was something different, though, something we couldn't explain. This cat was female. No fuzzy scrotum in sight. Lost the scrotum. Yep. Which is, it, it happens to men. It does sometimes. You gotta be careful. Yeah, absolutely. You, you gotta, gotta get that T90. You gotta do T90. T90. Yeah. We welcomed the cat back into our home. We laughed about our gender confusion. Oh, I think it's P90X. Never mind. Yeah, T90X. It's from like the Terminator or something like that. Something like that. I thought, or it's some one of those, it's one of those like T lady like porn films. Oh my, yeah. I was frequently left alone while my mom worked two jobs. The cat I once adored now made me uncomfortable. I hated being alone with it, always staring at me with that human face. What are you? Where have you been? What happened to your fucking balls? (laughs) I noticed unexplainable things happening around the house. Small things at first, like a missing belt or a brief glimpse of a dark shadow. Then Mm. bigger things that were harder to ignore. Things like lights turning on and off by themselves. Doors slowly creaking open and suddenly slamming shut. I started experiencing terrifying, vivid nightmares. Night after night, waking up in tears, silently screaming as I was completely unable to move, paralyzed in absolute fear. My life was miserable. Hmm. My mom remarried, and we eventually moved back to normal civilization. The darkness lifted. The cat went missing again. Oh, no. I'm now 30 years old. For years, I've written these experiences off. It was just a cat with chromosomal abnormalities and the wild imagination of a bored kid. Then I heard you talking about another person seeing this human face, cat, and I can't deny the complete and total terror I endured with that monster. Mm-hmm. I, now feel, I now feel obligated to warn you all. If you encounter a human face cat on the side of the road, turn and run. Do not invite it into your home. Hey, Amen. I don't know. I actually think human face cats are quite uh, quite cute. There were some human face dogs people were sending me pictures of. I mean, I think it, that's weird, too. It's nice to have a animal but also with a human face you can feel like it's not uh sad or pathetic to just hang out with that creature i i don't i don't care for them well i've seen them and they do seem uh pretty haunting now but we never figured out what happened to the cat's balls you see that's that's where i'm scared yeah that's because the, they're just floating maybe. around somewhere Unless it never even had the balls, it was just uh, some fur. Maybe it was some burrs or something like that that was down there. When they when they not castrate, when they neuter a cat, do they they don't take the balls? Do yeah, they? they do. That's the whole thing. So it could have just been scooped up by another family and then been neutered. Yeah, but then it also seemed like it was uh, missing the other part too. Mm. I don't know. Well, very good story, scary stuff, and what we have to do now is put on our little. Bob Barker hats and say, remember, get your animals spayed and neutered. Yeah, do it. Because what apparently what happened is we had a, a friend who has a chihuahua and oh. they didn't get the uh, dog uh, spayed. Are you kidding and me? And they didn't realize that the pussy becomes filled with um, gunk and it becomes all like all of the eggs <laughs> turn into like this liquid slurry that <laughs> actually gum up the entire hole. <laughs> and they literally have to go in and remove <laughs> yeah. the whole pussy. Oh, this is completely true. No, I understand. No, I know because it's I, I took care of chihuahua. 
hours, and before you get them neutered, yeah, it's a pro- you got to get them neutered. And also, you're old women too. If you have a nana that oh. hasn't been neutered, you got to do it because it was a nightmare when we had to do it with Mimar. That is not appropriate. When I had to go and we had to uplift that whole pussy up out of her, it took two men, a shovel, and a, the Civil War surgery. Kit. Well, she's a Zabrowski. Um, all she's right. a Franco. She's a oh, you're you're a Franco. That's what, that's their. The, the other name. You could have been part of the family. What? I don't know. All right. I was a part of the family. I'm you, a grandson. You could have been part of the family. I was a part of the family. The Zabrowski side of the family. I already was. But the Francos. The Francos. I was a part of the family. Okay. Just... This is coming in from a dude named Dan. And, you know, I just think this is a fun story. So it's uh, it's called the poop butt of Stink Woods. This so is, This is great. Good, serious stuff. It is. No, this is kind of serious. Okay, so here it goes. Two years ago, I had it all. A beautiful fiancé, a high-paying job in advertising. That's it. That's, That's all. It. Yep, in the, in, the, in the industry that is crippling this country. Absolutely. And they, uh, he also had an apartment overlooking Central Park in, Ma- uh, in Manhattan. So he got a fiancé, job in advertising, and, a, uh, and an apartment overlooking Central Park. I was a young hotshot brimming with sex appeal and confidence. That is until that fateful day. My Lambo, which I'm assuming means Lamborghini. That is the common term for it. My Lambo was at the dealership getting a tune-up, so I hailed a cab. This must have been pre-Uber. I was running late that morning because I slept in. I was tired from being up. I was tired for being up late. Fucking my fiancé. Yep. I know that feeling. Oh, my God. And her two and two of her supermodel friends. Wow. This guy is living the dream. Wow. I wonder what's going to happen to him. I don't know. Oh, my. So he's up. He's having a menage a trois with his girlfriend and two of her supermodel friends. That's not even a menage a trois. That's a quad, quattro trois. Is that, a, is that a foursome if you're the fourth? I think it's got to be. It's just who's in the bed. If there's I don't four know. in the bed. I just don't. I, I've never done orgy math. Absolutely. So they go on. I looked at my Rolex and yelled, shit, I have a presentation in eight minutes. When the when I have a presentation, <laughs> when the cab pulled up to my building, I threw the driver a hundred and jogged inside towards an open elevator. I got inside and pressed the button for floor 80 where my office is. Before the door closed, I heard an old woman's voice. Hold on, hold the elevator, please. Very good character work. Thank you. I do like that voice. Hold the elevator, please. We made eye contact. She was 15 feet away and moving slowly with a walker. We've all been there, but you gotta wait. No, one of these fucking actual human centipedes was in front of me while we were coming out with the cab, and she took like a full, I want to say, two light cycles to get across the light. You gotta wait for them. That's what that's what they've earned for living such long lives. They're asking to be murdered. They want to be released. They do not. They want to walk slow. I was already late, so I hit the closed door button <laughs> and said, catch the next one, you old bag. Wow. This guy is gonna get screwed. As the doors were closing, she pointed at me and whispered, poopy butt. Poopy butt! The elevator started going up and I chuckled to myself. Oh, crazy old lady. I walked into the packed conference room without a moment to waste and began my presentation. Within a few minutes, I felt and heard a gurgling in my stomach. Excuse me, I said to the room of enthusiastic faces. I need to use the bathroom. Which you should not say that you have to use the bathroom if you have to leave uh, a conference to go to use the bathroom. You have to say, excuse me, I've lost... 
a briefcase. I've left my briefcase in my pet cab. Sounds like you are you are in the middle of some farce. Like you're on you're on three different dates and you're pretending to be an advertising executive. That's bad advice. All I know is no one wants to buy anything from someone who just has to use the bathroom. They just don't want to buy. They don't want to think about it. Everyone has to use the bathroom, but they don't want to think about it. So he goes, yeah, excuse me, I got to use the bathroom. I could feel it. I could feel that I had to shit badly and immediately headed to the bathroom. I sat on the toilet at the last moment and I felt a sweet release as the poop flowed out of my butthole. 10 seconds, 30 seconds, one minute went by and the poop wouldn't stop coming. I tried to flush the toilet, but the toilet instantly clogged up. I had to get out of there, pulled up my pants, and they filled within seconds. He just shat himself. I shat myself at the office once. This actually reminds me quite a bit of that. How'd it go? Terrible. I had to throw out my underwear. And then the problem is that then the, the slimy residue from the Indian food I had, like the kind of weird bad poop slime I had inside of me, got all over the inside of my pants and it made a visible stain on the outside. Okay. And well, those were my good khakis. Well, oh, khakis. That's horrible. So he, anyway, this guy, he took off his pants and left the bathroom, which I don't know why. But I was, and he, he goes on, I was slowly walking, bow-legged with my wiener flopping in the cool office air, leaving a long, brown, snake-like, continuous log of moist shit behind me. People were gasping, screaming, and throwing up. I'm sorry, I screamed. I can't stop shitting. When I got to the lobby, I frantically looked for the old lady to reverse the curse, but she was long gone. Days turned to weeks, and weeks turned to months. That was that was ten years ago today. I lost everything. My fiancé, my job, my Lambo, and my sweet life of luxury. Now I'm something of folklore, an urban legend, but, but believe me when I tell you that I'm 100% real. I live alone in the forest in an ever-growing house made of my own shit. Wow. I live alone in the forest in an ever-growing house made of my own shit. So tell your children to be aware if they're playing out amongst the trees. And they see a giant house made of shit. And they smell something foul because it could very well be me, the poopy butt of Stinkwoods. Scary stuff indeed. Honestly. Don't mess with old women though. The way this news cycle is going on, he could honestly just be on Fallon. Yeah, with that. And Fallon would be like, oh, so, uh, you're shit. No. Uh, 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 I beat my wife. But you know what I got to say? This is when you got to. Okay, number one. Number one. If an old lady puts a curse on you, that curse is going to take. Because they got years and years of pent-up rage and aggression. She's probably still pissed off about something from the 1950s. Maybe this reminded her of when her former boss closed the door on her as he went up to the penthouse to go wine and dine some businessmen. And meanwhile, she lost out on millions of dollars because they kept her as the secretary. I would also say it's really important to learn to seduce old women that look like Roma. These women that look like they could, because I imagine that this woman, while she was old, I imagine she did look a vaguely witchy. I don't know. My grandmother, she could put a spell on you when she was Polish. No, my no she gr- was a uh, Thorst. I think she was Norwegian. No, my grandmother, my grandmother was the same way. All the Sicilian witch shit. But I tell you what, if someone ate her pussy good, I imagine she would stop putting so many curses on things. You know what well, I'm saying? I don't know why you're thinking about you that so much. You know what I'm saying? Oh, my. Relax. It's comedy. Okay. It's just comedy. It's just comedy. Live from your grave. My sister is the best gift giver I've ever met of any person. It's Jackie Zabrowski. She shops all year thinking about her family and friends and puts little things aside for their birthdays and Christmases. I have no idea how she does it. 
I don't know how she do it, but guess what? She always wins Mother's Day, but not this year. I'm coming back. Ready to win Mother's Day and cement your reputation as the best gift giver in the family? I'm taking the crown. All right, give the moms in your life an Aura digital picture frame preloaded with decades of family photos. I mean this. We have the Aura frame up in my home. We absolutely love it. I can put photos on it very, very easily through the app. It's fun to do. And the memories keep cycling and I get emotional and we filled it with pictures of Carmi and Wendy. And that is not sad. That is celebratory. So you should try it. It's honestly a really good product. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code LEFT at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. Finding work-life balance can be tough, but Squarespace gives you the tools to reach your goals and have time to celebrate. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. With the new guided design system, Squarespace Blueprint, you can select from curated layout and styling options to create a personalized website optimized for every device. Get your website discovered fast with integrated, optimized SEO tools. Plus, make checkout easy for customers with easy-to-use payment tools. And with Squarespace AI, you can explain what your site is about, choose your tone, enter what you need, and get auto-generated text. And that helps you save time. I know I'm sitting on about two literal wheelbarrows filled with horse pics. Now, part of the issue has been is a lot of these pictures are getting stopped at customs because some of them do depict various world leaders in horse-like circumstances that seems to be pinging a lot of these custom agents accounts. Now, so what I've done to do is like, so while I'm trying to work on hand smuggling these horse pics over various country borders, I then also have time because Squarespace is doing all the other ad work for me to go and work on my killdozer at home. So thank you, Squarespace, for allowing me to diversify in the best way possible for this country. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial when you're ready to launch. Go to squarespace.com left to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Imagine you just got home from work, dinner is ready, wine is chilled, and your man has offered you 15 minutes of heaven in the form of a foot massage. And then he says, your spray tanning session is now complete. What just happened? You found your escape at Palm Beach Tan. Break from the chaos at a Palm Beach Tan near you and leave rejuvenated. Take time for yourself at Palm Beach Tan and take that feeling with you wherever you go. Get up to $25 off your first month featuring Australian gold. Perfect man, not included. So here we go with the story. This is called The Curtain People. I'm from England. And the house I grew up in was built after WW2 in an ancient parish of Kent called Kennington. Or as it named during the Saxon era, Signington. There's a 12th century church a short walk up the road that was used as a resting spot for monks on a pilgrimage to Canterbury. Hence the local pub being named the Pilgrim's Rest. Among the ancient history, the parish is dotted with Stuart, Tudor, Georgian and Victorian houses and schools. So you got to know the gist of how old this part of England is, so God knows what my house was built on. And I believe this could be the only explanation for some of the shit I saw and experienced there, and some of the surrounding area, but that's for another time. Oh, that's another time. My earliest memories in that house were of the Curtain People. 
My bed used to face the window of my room, and the moonlight would come through just enough that if you stood in front of the curtain, you'd be perfectly silhouetted in the light. And and that is how I would see the curtain people, except they would be behind it. Every night I would watch these perfect shadows act out these silent scenes in my room. I know I was awake, and they didn't frighten me yet. They were completely silent and seemed to be oblivious that I was there. I would watch them like a movie. They were always different. Some of the figures had hats like a bishop would wear, and sometimes there would be other objects like an altar. The tall hats is what I remember the most and the kneeling and bowing of some of the figures. Other people would enter the scene and some would leave. Like I said, it was like a movie. Hmm. My mom would hate having to come into my room at night as I would give a running narrative of everything that was happening behind the curtain. She would pull back the curtain to show me nothing was there and she was right, there wasn't. But as soon as the curtain fell back, they were there again like they always had been. That was until one of them came out from behind the curtain. Now remember, this is, this is what it said. The very top of this letter said, Henry, you like the real one, so here's a real one. If oh. it's not real, I'm crazy. Here's a real one. I had called my mum into my room like I did most nights. I couldn't sleep, and the curtain people were being too interesting not to watch. And I needed the toilet. So my mum came to take me to the loo, and as I got out of my bed, a small girl came into view, and without skipping a beat, I watched her slide out from behind the curtain, climb down from my dresser, and walk silently across my room. She was a white, faceless shadow, and she was wearing clothes like pajamas with her hair cut short. As she walked across the room passing me, she motioned, putting some kind of gown on, and then got into my bed. She turned to the wall and simply faded away. Hmm. After that, I would often wake to find her sitting at the edge of my bed, just staring. I was never scared, because I didn't understand that this wasn't normal. Just frustrating no one else could see them. She was the only one that ever came out, thank God. Soon the other curtain people frightened me. The things they were doing seemed mean and upsetting to my four-year-old self. I would see women weeping. What looked like arguments between men with lots of angry gestures. Soon there were fighting and people being struck in the face, people being beaten and scolded. It was violent. What disturbed me the most was the begging woman. I watched as she was begging with the man who stared down at her on her knees and watched as she was dragged away, flailing her arms. I hated it. I didn't like what I was seeing anymore and would cry for my parents to sleep in my bed with me. So one night they caved and took me to their room, and as I was carried down the hall to their room, I looked in my brother's room, and the curtain people were at his window too. And as I sat on my parents' bed, I was horrified to see them at their window as well. Hmm. I remember crying, feeling as though they were tormenting me because they wouldn't leave. I would squeeze my eyes shut, hoping they would disappear. But as soon as I opened my eyes, they were still there, acting out their horrible scenes. After a while, I did not stop seeing the curtain people. Either way, I was too scared to check if they were there. But I always felt a presence in that house. Even as an adult, if I ever wake at night, I'd look at my curtains first, just to check they aren't there even though I left that house years ago. Speaking later as an adult with my older brother about the things I saw, he too relayed experiences about being watched by a girl in pajamas as he tried to sleep. I hadn't even mentioned her. Wow. Now I have my own child. Whenever he cries in the night, I enter his room with caution, as my mum probably did. More so since last week, 
when I went to see him and he was sat up in bed, looking at his window, and said he was watching the dancing. This made my spine shiver, but seeing as it is a different house, I'm hoping that these are just the babblings of an imaginative three-year-old. God, I hope so. Whoa! That's fucking dope! But Very I used to see cool. weird shit Shadow as a people. Kid. I Curtain see, people. I used to see weird shit as a kid. Of course. Absolutely. But do you not have any of those weird kind of childhood illuminations? I remember there was... I remember being very sick. I, I want to say I was sick. But I remember seeing shadow people, essentially, dance in the shadows of my nightlight. Sure. I kept a nightlight for a very long time. How long? 25. Really? Yeah, but then it was just the burning of a cigarette. Okay. No, I mean, I definitely remember feeling a whole bunch of spooky, scary things. Children are very susceptible. Their brains are still forming. Our brains are getting too closed up to experience anything. Henry. I think we're, they're being calcified with booze and weed. Ooh. All right. This story, this is coming in by from Emily. Does she want you to say her name? I'm not saying her full name. There's How many Emilys are there in the world? What's 18 last million? Name? No, that's the dead giveaway. What's her last name? I'm not going to tell you her last Who's name. Who's the whistleblower? No. That's why, uh, I, by the way, when I was, remember when I got arrested for helping that little man through a uh, turnstile? Yep. Because I had an open warrant for drinking on a stoop, which I paid a lot of money to live in that apartment, and I think I deserve to be able to drink I'll on my own I'll always remember stoop. the time that you got the ticket for drinking on the stoop, and the, the cop said you could finish it. They were very sweet. Yep. Long story short. Um, I got arrested, and then I, w I was sitting there, though, before they were like, whatever. I was like, okay, why is this taking so long? They said, oh, yeah, there's a lot of bends. <laughs> so we're searching. I was like, I think you're probably not searching through all the bends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. why are you kissle. searching through all the kissels? There's eight of us in the world. That's not true. The, I found one. You know who's another kissel? He's a singer. Brett Kissel. From what What kind of genre? I don't know. He's a new country singer. He was. I did Zany's Nashville. Thanks for coming out, by the way. <laughs> and he took a picture of it. He's like, who's this other Kissel? And, and he's like, I'm the first Kissel. And no, I mean, I don't know. He didn't say. I think How I'm old older. is he? I think I'm older, although he has kids. Yeah, your first Kissel. Yeah, but yeah, that's he's just cheating by making more of them. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, but no, that was very, very nice. Brett Kissel. Check him out. All right. Here it is. Emily. She says, um, she says she's told this story to a couple of family members and friends before, uh, but she never thought to send it until now. So here it goes. That's what she says. I grew up in a rural northwestern England. I had a very active outdoorsy childhood and played outside a lot, as the kids need to do to still. Got to get people out there. I think kids need to be reading more. That I would put that out there. I think kids should be reading on treadmills. If you get them active but reading, well, why can't multitasking. They, just, they could do both. They no, but I mean, I just think kids need to get more time, more time, uh, you know, I don't know, stretching your mind, stretching your legs. It sounds like you you have some dystopian hell future lined up for whenever you have a child. I'll be Read the and run! Read and run! Read and run, sir! She goes on to say, when I was nine, I was hanging out alone of, uh, when I was nine, I was hanging out alone in a field by my house when I saw a figure slowly walk over the hilltop. He was massive! With black wings and red eyes, I stopped and stared for a moment, thinking it was a trick of the light. The slight shine of his wings made me think it could have been someone carrying trash bags. But it wasn't. Huh. So you know how people just carry trash bags. Yeah, but that's it, what I do all day. But it wasn't. I looked as he came closer, and his face was distorted with black and silver markings. His eyes were so red I could feel them boring into my soul. I ran home screaming after that. It took me years to explain to anyone what it was that I had seen. It's one of the most vivid memories 
I have and I have never been able to explain it until I saw a picture of the Mothman and heard descriptions. My idea is that perhaps there is more than one being or entity that falls under the Mothman descriptor. Either way, it was terrified and has stayed with me for the last 10 10 years or so. Very good. She saw she saw another Mothman. Of course, I think there's probably 30 Mothmen. I I really wonder what is the entity that is the Mothman. Because I think a lot of times, as you know, we've talked about it on the main show uh, often, is the idea that, you know, the universe and our conception of reality is complicated. Sure. And so these things, like, could possibly be, like, multi-dimensional things where in their world, everybody's Mothman, and then they just kind of poke through every once in a while. But I don't know. Again, it's all conjecture. I believe that sure. paradoxes are important because people that are afraid of paradoxes are people that uh, secretly desire absolutes. And I think absolutes are a thing that are very dangerous. I think I the universe agree. is a little bit more wiggly than we want it to be. Absolutely. That's why when we go to Mars, Henry, you think about this. We're the aliens. And maybe in Mothman world... Dude, they've been thinking about this since, since 1955, since fucking Ray Bradbury wrote the Martian Chronicles. Yeah. All right, yeah. it's not a new idea. No, no, no. It's Ray Bradbury had it years. in 1956. Um. <sighs> so but when the Mothman, when they come and see us, maybe they think, ooh... Man, they didn't got guard hairs on their cocks. <laughs> but the, apparently, Mothman's got a huge cock. Really? From all the, the the stories I've read, all the the, the fucking biographies, all oh. my encyclopedia entries okay. I've read. Okay. Now, this is I had to throw some aliens in there because, as is my want, and this is also from a, a uh, officer of the U.S. Navy. Cool. So this is somebody that I really like. You know, I love this shit. You know, we love our troops. We have to, yeah. I love the troops. I love the troops. You know, I would like to do a USO tour, but I I feel like we're so aggressive that if we get if we just go to the battlefield, we're gonna start signing up for the military. And it'll be like the movie Stripes. I think they're gonna make me admiral. They could. Here we go. Now this is a tr- another true story. The lights were always out there. Ask anyone who's served in the Navy and has done enough time at sea, and we've all seen them. We've got stories about strange visits from the lights. These weren't satellites. They weren't regular aircraft. Nothing on our planet moves the way these things did. They hovered for long periods and would shift their course on a dime. These craft were brightly lit. They changed colors as they moved and most importantly, made no noise and left no radar signature. The policy towards these craft was always to log them in the bridge log, make sure they weren't endangering the ship or any aircraft, and just carry on with business as usual. We treated them more or less like ghosts. Hmm. My most vivid memory of one of these sightings was during the winter of 2009. Our ship was returning from deployment, crossing the Atlantic, headed westward at about 270 true at a speed of around 15 knots. That's how I know he's legit, because he said a bunch of sailor stuff that wasn't about sucking things. Yes, and knots. That, that's a navigational term. Yeah, it's its how many links of garlic knots <laughs> a ship can travel in an Italian minute. <laughs> that's true. That is just, that's Italian sea speed. I know Italian math, absolutely. I had the mid-watch that night. I was standing officer of the deck. Everything was normal, and about as boring as any transatlantic passage. The bridge was dimly lit. A shade of red with the faint green glow coming from the radar repeaters. 
things tend to get boring and you tend to spend a lot of time either BSing with your shipmates or sure. looking towards the horizon or, or for any contacts. Unlike comedians, because we play chess. Oh, we of talk course. Books. And talk about global uh, international affairs because comedians are on the front lines of what what we should be doing now. Comedians are more important than soldiers. Yeah, absolutely. I just want to put that out there as a fact. Just throw that out there as an idea. On this particular evening, our banter session was interrupted by what originally looked what originally looked like a normal surface contact off the starboard bow, bearing about zero two zero relative. Normal protocol in this kind of situation is to track the bearing drift on the contact and start taking radar readings and do the math to make sure we don't hit the vessel. Yeah, the contact looked typical at first: faint light, staying relatively still. Probably a merchant craft headed the same way we were. Then things started getting strange. Normal lights on any craft on the ocean were either white, red, or green. This thing was bright orange and yellow, like it was on fire. Hmm. We quickly noticed that something was off about this object and contacted the tactical action officer at combat to see if they were, they were tracking this thing. I asked if it was squawking any signals identifying who it was or what kind of vessel it was. The TAO had no clue what I was referring to, hmm. as this vessel, now well within surface and air range radiate, air radar range, was not showing up at all. Whoa. We checked our military and commercial radars on the bridge. Nothing. The lights got brighter and brighter still. My next step was to check the charts. Who the hell knows? Maybe this thing's some random lonely piece of land, a lighthouse or something. No, we were in the middle of the goddamn Atlantic Ocean. No land for days. The lights kept getting brighter. At this point, it was just a solid ball of orange and yellow light. Hmm. It was bright, brighter than any ship would ever be while steaming at night. As the contact grew in size, I kept calling into the TAO to see if anyone had anything on this contact. Nothing. As far as our instruments were concerned, this thing didn't exist. It was at that point that I stepped onto the bridge wing and took a look at this thing through the big eyes. Our ship mounted large binoculars. What I saw made absolutely no sense. When you see something that defies logic, your brain does something where it immediately tries to rationalize what you're looking at. In this particular case, what I was seeing was what looked to be a large geometric structure surrounded by fire. That was too big to be a ship, both in length and height. My brain tried to tell me what I was looking at was some sort of large oil rig or building. There wasn't any other explanation. This thing had definite angles and was massive. As we continued approaching it, the object just kept growing and growing. Hmm. Eventually, this thing looked to be the size of an office building. It still showed no radar signature and didn't appear to be moving in any direction. It just sat, it just sat there. I kept staring at it for what must have been 10 to 15 minutes. The object grew and grew and became brighter and brighter. A massive, fiery building in the middle of the ocean. Hmm. I remember trying to contact it on bridge to bridge at least once, but it was just radio silence. Then just as quickly as this thing appeared, it was gone. It vanished into thin air. Imagine looking into the darkness and watching as a giant ball of flaming light was just snuffed out like a candle. That's exactly what happened in this case. This thing left no evidence that it had been there. No radar signature. Nothing for our instruments to record. It was a ghost of a sighting. As far as the TAO was concerned, this thing wasn't worth waking up the captain for. Because how long it takes for him to put on his hat? Oh my god, 15-20 minutes, easy. When you're on deployment, the CEO gets to little to no sleep, and God forbid 
if you're the officer who wakes them up over a nothing story. The sighting was recorded on our deck log, just a green book that we write down any and all occurrences from Bridgewatch. We all went back to our duties and registered it as just another visit from the lights. The crew wasn't shocked or even scared by the event. We just see so many strange lights out at sea that this was just another nothing event. Whoa. We still saw the lights. Night after night, we'd get our visits. They'd circle the ship, do their thing, and just vanish. It was normal. It wasn't frightening. It was just part of the job. The noises from the ocean. Those were a different story. The noises scared the living shit out of us. The bloop! Wow, there it is. Very scary. United States Navy. They are on the front lines of UFO and paranormal studies. They actually did a really uh, in-depth study of the bloop, and they found out what it was. Was it? It was Gerard Depardieu farting in his tub in France. (laughs) Ah, Whoa, my God. Well, you can just believe how much wine is contained in the guts of Gerard Depardieu. Fuck you, Gerard Depardieu. Well... Fuck you. Uh, remember him my hero? He went water skiing. Um, okay, this is a... Is that the one where he's the giant and Billy Crystal's the gnome? No, that's not right. The giant is is George Mirasan. Is George Depardieu, is that the one where the guy... doesn't? Isn't that the, the movie where he pisses in a jug and he drinks it? No, that's 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 what Bear Grylls does, because mm. he goes out with the camera crew, and when he's all isolated... By the way... He just likes drinking piss. That's the thing with the Bear Grylls thing. I actually watched a little bit of it. But the whole thing is, oh, it's so alone, but there is craft services. You can almost see it right out of the cameras. Oh, yeah. Right no. out of the cameras. Every view. once in a while, you see, you see the Toblerone yes. pyramid that they have at the very end of the table. My goodness gracious. Okay. This story comes in from Tiffany, and she says it's short and sweet like Henry. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I'm sour. Mm-hmm. I believe that. Oh, my goodness. Now I'm just thinking about Elton John. After every song, he stands up, and he's got such cute little arms, and he's just like, huh? Ah? Ah? And then the crowd, they turn the lights on in the crowd, and they go crazy. I mean, I was going crazy, too. I was, I, I was screaming. You're, yeah, man, it's Elton John. God. Okay. I mean, I'm glad you were affected. I forgot how many great hits he had. They're all hits. They're all hits. He left a bunch out. He did leave a few, although he hit the big ones. Okay, this is coming in from Tiffany. The dark. I have always been afraid of the dark. I don't know if it was... <clears throat> this is. What do you think about the dark, Henry? Like a dark room? Yeah, are you afraid of the dark? Um, You know, in my home, I'm not afraid of the dark. I, I don't really fear the dark as much as what's inside the dark. But I uh, very rarely get freaked out inside of a dark room. I have a sensory deprivation tank. A gift certificate that Jackie gave me that I have to use soon. Oh my god, what's the point? It's fucking, you feel it, dog. You got CBD lotion they put in the water, dude. You don't even fucking feel the difference between you and the fucking liquid, dude. But does anyone make sure you're not drowning? Yeah, there's gotta be some papers you sign or something. Yeah, that, that say it's fine if I drown? I mean, if I want to commit suicide and tank this fucking sensory deprivation tank company, I can, I guess. That's my liberty as an American. All right. Well, Tiffany doesn't like the dark. Uh, She says, I've always been afraid of the dark. I don't know if there was a triggering, defining moment in my childhood or preformed infant brain that created this fear. Perhaps something ingrained in humanity from a time before language has created this fear in so many. What a beautiful sentence that was. It's possible. Welcome back to our studio where we have a special guest with us today, Toucan Sam from Fruit Loops. Toucan Sam, welcome. It's my pleasure to be here. Oh, and um, it's Fruit Loops, just so you know. Uh, fruit? Fruit. Yeah, 
fruit. No, it's Fruit Loops. The same way you say studio. That's not how we say it. Fruit Loops, find the loopy side. Napa! Silence is golden, especially when it comes to brakes. That's why Napa Silent Guard are built to be one of the smoothest and most quiet brakes on the market. Made with fiber-reinforced shims that eliminate noise for the life of the pad. Rubber-coated hardware for a better fit and quality design that meets and exceeds OE performance. Silent Guard brakes deliver the stopping power drivers demand. Available now at Napa locations nationwide. Hi, it's Martha Stewart. You know, I spend a lot of time thinking about dirt. At 3 a.m.? At all hours of the day, really. What people don't know is that not all dirt is the same. You need dirt with the right kind of nutrients. New miracle Grow organic raised bed and garden soil is so dense, so full of nutrient-rich, high-quality ingredients. miracle Grow is simply the best. I remember as a young child avoiding the dark patches between the hallway lights when I would run into the kitchen for a glass of water at night, refusing to look into the blackness of our exposed windows onto the dark night that encircled my house, my neighborhood, my world. As a young adult living alone, I always kept a light on. A kitchen light above my sink and hanging paper lantern in my bedroom. Be careful, though. That's what? a fire hazard. Well, yeah, I mean, it sounded like it was an electric one. Okay, well, I hope so. I, I like candles. But you got to be careful with them. Yeah. Any fireman will tell you that's the cause of 99% of the uh, fires I- I- that exist everywhere. Firemen will tell you anything to get laid. By the way, Henry, what's going on in California? you got to be careful out there. It's so- dry. Oh, my. Okay, so she's got a paper lantern in her bedroom. Soft enough to sleep through, but just enough light to chase away the dark in all except the very corners of my room. Once I woke up in the middle of a stormy winter night to total darkness, my power had gone out. The darkness swallowed me, and no matter how hard I tried, my eyes could not adjust to the abject blackness. My body prickled my body prickled with cool sweat, my stomach a hard knot. Fear held me tight. Fumbling through my bedside drawer, I finally found the large flashlight my dad had given me as a housewarming gift. See? Everyone laughs at the dad gift. I like a... I want a tactical flashlight. Sure. I, I mean, love that. You know when you know when the dad gave her the flashlight, she was like, oh, Thanks for the flashlight, dad. daddy. Now the power's out, and then she's surrounded by a, 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 by blackness, and she's scared. And the best part of a, a flashlight is that if you ever get lonely, you can stick it inside oh, of yourself. Oh, right. So she found the flashlight that her dad had given her as a housewarming gift. A weapon and a source of light in case of an emergency. That single beam of translucent white piercing the darkness was enough for me to find a restless sleep through the remainder of that night. But now... Now I love the darkness. It covers me like a velvet blanket. I feel the security of the blackness that my vision cannot pierce. I feel the comfort that the darkness provides. The perceived safety of the unknown. The peace of being invisible and maybe hopefully just one day forgotten. Oh no, the light! The sliver of whiteness cuts through my darkness. A sharp slice. The sliver is growing. A triangle of white against my world. The light bullies my senses and my vision returns. And now I see my chain around my too thin ankle. And now I see him. It coming towards me. No! 
don't have any wine, Gerard. Wow, there it is. The dark, very spooky tale indeed. But then Gerard's like, I don't drink wine. Indeed. It was like Dracula. But then when it turns out, it's, it's again, this piss. Okay. All right, now this is a v- actually a pretty creepy story. Again, this is a vaguely real one. Let's see what this guy says. Last winter, in order to escape from reality for a while, I packed up all my shit and stocked my family's cabin in the Colorado Rockies. Suffice to say, I was falling into some bad habits and needed to get my mind right and get away from a certain scene for a while. Okay. I told you what it means. When I was tagging, the whole graffiti scene, yeah. they keep pushing each other. It was me, Banksy, Banksy 2. Yep. There was Chanksy. Mm-hmm. Me and him. Me, Banksy, Chanksy, and Don't Tanksy. forget about Credit Union. Oh. <laughs> Honestly, I was having fun with my graffiti lore. I don't know how they get all the graffiti on the top of the buildings. They climb. They're young. I don't know. But I understand getting involved in the scene that you got to get out of. Mm-hmm. The cabin sits on a few acres of wooded hillside in a historic ghost town. There are two cabins on the property. The lower cabin was built in the 1920s, while the one up on the hill was built by my grandparents in the early 80s. It served as a summer getaway for my grandparents for most of my life. Though since my grandpa's passed six years ago, my grandma has no desire to spend time there. In the summertime, the town may have up to 50 residents. Ooh. But last winter, there was only two of us. Myself and an 85-year-old man on oxygen who never left this cabin about a half mile down the road. Okay. Nobody in my family has ever spent a winter there because the water relies on a spring. So in the winter, the lines freeze and yada yada. You get it. The first couple of months were spent splitting firewood, yep. running around the mountains with my pup and just enjoying the solitude. Well, what, what, how did he get the water? Was he just licking it like a like a salt lick? Like he's a deer? It sounded like he was there at the beginning of the winter before uh. it went fully solid. No phone, no internet, no worries, man. I spent the evenings watching the sunset with a glass of whiskey and a little nug. Hell yeah. I can't express how much I enjoyed every second of this experience. The snow started to fall around the middle of October. By the time November hit, there was a solid 18 inches of snow blanketing the mountains. It was one evening in early December that this all went down. Before nightfall, I hiked to the stream where I had been collecting my water and filled the two six-gallon jugs set them on the hiking path, and threw some snowballs for my pup to drain the last of his energy before nightfall. Mm-hmm. I, lost, I lost track of time, and before I knew it, it was nearly dark. I called Rascal to follow, and he did for a time. But then he began growling into the woods off the side of the trail. I know those woods better than most, and I'm well aware that there are predators around. So now I'm a big enough guy, and I have my dog with me, so I kept moving forward. Rascal eventually gave up on whatever was out there, and we, gave, we made it back home in the pitch black, saved the porch light. It had begun to snow softly. I got to work boiling water and poured myself a whiskey. Hmm. Rascal was asleep on the bed in under an hour, and I wasn't far behind him. I laid around for a while reading and eventually dozed off with the light on while watching the snow and wind ramp up out the bedside window. I awoke in total confusion to a symphony of baffling sounds, and it took me a second to get my bearings. My dog was losing his fucking mind at the window beside me. The wind had picked up and the snow fell fast and heavy. There was a strange ding, ding, ding noise coming from the kitchen area and the wood steps outside groaned as if someone were walking off the bottom step. When I gathered myself enough to realize what was going on, I jolted upright and turned to look out the front window towards the stairs. In that moment, I could have sworn I saw a figure step just out of range of the porch light and slide behind a tree. Casual as could be. Hmm. My pup was just under two years old, and he's the friendliest dog you could ever meet, but I couldn't get him to calm down even a little. Every hair on his back stood up, and he was snarling. 
and gnashing his teeth at the window and, mm. fo- and following something with his eyes that I couldn't see. It was unnerving to say the very least. I jumped up and ran over to grab the 12 gauge. But on the way, something caught my attention. In the kitchen, on the bottom of the cabinet near the sink, my grandpa had placed little hooks to hang a series of coffee mugs. There were probably seven or eight in the hooks on the to- uh, seven or eight on the hooks at the time. But while they were all hung there motionless, one swung wildly and was hitting the mugs hanging on either side. I stood and stared for a long moment, ignoring my dog's snarls and snaps, just watching as this mug continued to knock into its neighboring mugs. Tink, tink, tink. Every hair on my body stood upright as I turned to grab the shotgun, and I felt like I must be dreaming as I loaded a cartridge and snapped it shut. It was I was breathing heavy and took slow, deliberate steps towards the front door while trying to calm Rascal. It was no use. I stopped and looked out onto the storm through the front door, and it was snowing so hard that I couldn't see anything more than ten yards past the porch in the snow. I took a series of deep breaths, raised my hand to the knob, and as I twisted the handle and pulled the door open, there was an enormous crash Whoa. on the back side of the cabin, and the lights faltered for an instant. Rascal immediately fell silent, jumped off the bed, and hid behind my legs, visibly shaking. I must have been shaking furiously at this point, too, but I had to know what the fuck was happening outside, so I swallowed hard and stepped out into the cold. I grabbed the spotlight I kept on the porch and clicked it on. I yelled in the storm that I had a gun, and if anybody was fucking with me, they better leave. When I was satisfied that nobody was out there, I decided whatever that crash was out back could wait until morning. Okay. I put on some music and stroked Rascal until he eventually fell asleep on his head. <laughs> okay. High hope. Oh you get close with your dog. <laughs> okay. When I finally began to relax, something happened that still chills me to think about. Rascal snapped upright and let out a slow and low growl, apparently watching something crossing the living room. The goosebumps I had in that moment were legendary. Rascal stood up and lowered his head, still growling at whatever he was sensing, and then it happened. Beep! I couldn't place the sound at first, but then it finally clicked that I nearly fell out of my chair. When I was a kid, my grandparents were staying at the top cabin. The rest of the family would sleep at the lower cabin. And instead of yelling down the hill when it was dinner time, my grandpa installed an intercom system between the two cabins. And that's exactly what the noise was. There's a few problems. First, the power to the lower cabin was cut for the winter. Second, the lower cabin was securely padlocked. And last, but not least, the fucking intercom hadn't worked in at least two years. None of this crossed my mind in the moment. Beep! 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 I could hardly stand up to walk over to the small intercom box, but eventually stumbled over to it, and without thinking at the time held the talk button, and basically screamed if there was anybody in the bottom cabin fucking with me, they better be gone before first light. I stood back and waited only a moment before I heard the sound of someone keying the talk button on the other end. They just held it and didn't say a word. I tore the plug out of the goddamn wall, turned every light on the cabin on, and sat in the middle of the living area with a bottle of whiskey and a shotgun while I chained smoked cigarettes until the darkness turned into a dull gray and the snow subsided. And that was the scariest night of my life. Hmm. I looked for footprints in the fresh snow but found none. I still have no explanation for the crash on the back porch. I went to the lower cabin with the shotgun and it was still locked with the power still off. The property is snow locked from October to April, so I checked the main road for sled tracks. Nothing. Odd things happened every now and then, all winter, but nothing as intense or scary as that night. 
But then when I recapped the story to my family, my grandma got stuck on one detail. She laughed and told me that I handled it better than she would have, but she wanted to know which coffee mug was it was that was swinging on the hook. When I told her it was the New York Jets mug, she went ghost white. She bought that mug for my grandpa on a trip to New York, and he used it every day when he was at the cabin in the summer. Shit. Whoa, New York Jets fan, huh? That's the scariest thing of all. Kissel. Whoa. Kissel, that's too much. Pardon wow. the interruption. I think that, that's a Kissel. great show. I love that show. Um, I think that that man reacted the same way all of us would. Minus the cig, I would have grabbed my vape weed. I would oh, have no, dude, weed. yeah, I would have I would have whiskey. You do want to be careful because at some point you just you forget why you even started getting hammered in the first place, and then you're just hammered with a shotgun. And you got to be careful there because that's not good gun safety. I legitimately would just drink myself into total unconsciousness. All right, we got one more creepy noodle each. Um, but yeah, I mean, I got to tell you, you got to get hammered. If all of a sudden your intercom starts going off. You just drink yourself. You can drink the ghosts away. Yeah. I mean, you can't drink the ghosts of your family away. No. They're still there. No, they become ghosts once they say bye-bye. Yep. And then you're like, hey, when did they leave? Know. It's like Home Alone, but you're an adult. Didn't I have a daughter? You did. Well, drink her away. Drink myself single. Here we go. This one is called, uh, there's no There's no real name for it, but it's written by Mike from USA. He said, please only refer to me as Mike from USA. Yeah, yeah, Mike. Mike from USA. It reads, a few years ago, my friends and I went to enjoy our spring break at a remote lake in the southern part of the U.S. where weed isn't even legal. We brought tents, hammocks, and of course, ample substances to you fuel. You just said hammocks like a robot. It's a hammock. 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 Yes, we will go. We will go camping. With hammocks. Camping. Going camping with it a tape. A, it's a ham it's a hammock. It's a hammock. Hammock. Weird. That's how it that's what it is. That's the scariest of all. It Your reading go, comprehension. It can go. No, that's not about reading comprehension. You are I read all day. We brought tents. Hammocks. <laughs> This is just and of course, ample substances to fuel our week of outdoor fun. As we were unloading beer from the cars to our campsite, a U.S. Army Corps of Engineers truck rolls up and the ranger leans out. My visage, my, my visage stared back at me through the mirror reflection in his aviators. Cool. He informed us about this could turn into something very sexy or very gross. Is he about to make love to this entire camping trip? I don't know yet. He informed us of how to pay for the site and gave us a map. <laughs> That's probably the sex. That this is, is how you pay for the site. Yeah. Whoa, first of all, buddy. I want to see the bottom of your ball. Oh, my. He then narrowed his gaze and said in his Boomhauer-like accent. What does Boomhauer sound like? He says... I hope y'all didn't bring no dang old alcohol down here. I don't bring no dang old alcohol out. That shit ain't even allowed. Okay. That's not even allowed. That's perfect. That's from King of the Hill. Absolutely. So he's like, hey, hope you don't bring no alcohol down here. That shit ain't allowed, okay? I swallowed deeply and said, all right, y'all have a good one, which is exactly what you say when a cop tells you that you can't have something. You say, all right. All right, buddy. Not get it. 
I don't have that. He maintained his gaze at me as the white truck idled away slowly. I thought the whole exchange was off somehow, but uh, forgot about it as the group began its descent into debauchery and set up the tents. The next day in town, as my friends got groceries, I went to the town's history museum. Why not? It turns out that El Capone had a hit had a hideout in the area, and rumors of his hidden incriminating evidence and <laughs> and rumors of his hidden incriminating evidence in the lake had plagued the area since prohibition. So is, there's a lot going on there with Al Capone. Is this about Geraldo Rivera? I don't know. I don't know. Do you remember when he opened the vault? Of course, everyone remembers that. So he's finding out about hidden incriminating evidence, he said. I thought that was exciting and wondered. What could be in the lake? Guns? Money? Hooch? I needed to know more. I went to a local brewery and sparked up a conversation with an older man, asking if he knew about the legend of Al Capone's treasure. What he told me would change me forever. He said, It was 1954. Me and my friend Johnny were set on finding that treasure. Nobody knew what was in them alleged crates, but Johnny and I had a plan. You see, he was a certified scuba diver from the war, and I had a boat. We went out We went out late one foggy night and tied a rope around Johnny. This is going to get good. He tied the rope he tied the rope to the crates and tugged the rope to signal me to pull her up. I was sitting there in a boat waiting for what seemed like forever. I knew his oxygen would be getting low, so I began to worry. I said to myself, after I finish this here beer and reefer cigarette, I'll put him up. I'll pull him up. As I drank and took, the fog got something heavy. You see, something deep inside me said that this ain't right, and we need to get on out of here. I started pulling up on the rope with the doobie in my mouth, and it felt too light. When it came up, the end was all frayed and bloody. As I turned around to, as I turned around to see the engine and get the hell out of there, I saw something in the water. Thinking it was Johnny, I waited for him to swim over, but soon realized it was something else. Then dozens of them surfaced all around me. Their glowing red eyes cut through the fog. I was stunned by fear. Then I felt a slimy hand with long fingers on my shoulder. Smoke stung my eyes, so I couldn't take a gant so, t- so I couldn't take a good gander. And it is as an an end. Oh my God! What a, you're like an alien. So I took a gander. At it. Yep. As I turned around to face the tall, dripping horror in my boat. People are just pulling their cars in oncoming traffic. No, no, no. People are are jumping out of their office windows like a 9-11. In a startling Boomhauer-esque southern drawl. This is what he said. Hope y'all didn't bring no alcohol around here. Shit ain't even allowed. Yeah, you mean alcohol around here. Shit ain't allowed. I fell backwards into the throttle, and whatever that thing was fell off into the water. The old man had a solemn look on his face as he drank his beer next to me at the bar. I said, wow, that's quite a tale. <laughs> Not quite believing him. But no, wow. but one thing stuck with me as odd. What the thing said, what the thing, what the thing said is the exact same thing that we were told by the stranger ranger. Got it. Yeah. Whose motions and demeanor were almost reptile-like. I told my friends what I had heard that night by the campfire. They concluded it was BS, but the other guy in the group, who had also taken mushrooms with me, agreed that the wording coincidence was pretty spooky. You guys, they're all fucked up. Yeah. After a bit of campfire tale-telling, two friends and I went, went out for a night walk and took by the lake. As not to let our dank fumes disturb the nearby campers. 
And I inhaled richly. Yeah, I noticed these the guys fog are just over. all hammered and, and high. <laughs> yeah, the rumble of a pickup truck grew as I as I concealed the joint, thinking it was the Ranger. He didn't see anything behind us and continued to smoke. Once the trucks, once the trucks noise faded, as it turned around, I noticed a pair of blinking red lights out on the lake. I tapped one of my friends on the shoulder to look, but before I could say anything, the park ranger exploded out from under the water like a missile. The red dots at the center of his mirror shades blinked as if he had contraband seeking thermal vision. His hands and feet had amphibious webbing, and he had gills on his neck. As he collided with us and pinned us to the ground, he said, It ain't even allowed! I blew smoke in his face, which seemed to stun him long enough for us to get away. I'll never camp in a prohibition state ever again, but something tells me that Al Capone's treasure story is all a cover-up for something much larger because I saw something on that amphibious u- ranger's uniform, something unsettling, something that would stay with me forever, a German World War II swastika. <laughs> the patch with German text underneath translated to Prohibition Officer Unit 696664420. How is he making this Why up? would the Army Corps of Engineers have a base in the middle of nowhere, though? I don't have any answers. I know I'll find them or die trying. Part one, finished. Wow, that's part one? Yeah, buddy. <sighs> well, honestly, it's a cool idea for a script. It's literally just a, it's about Nazi zombies. Yes, it's Nazi, it's, it's, uh, uh, it's, um, uh, the it, creature from the Black Lagoon, but Nazis. Yeah, but it's like that Dead Snow movie. I love that movie. It's a great movie. Again, we could, we could do two more episodes of these. Oh, sure. We had hundreds of submissions. So if you didn't get yours, read. We read through pretty much all of them, and they're absolutely gorgeous. We just had to pick and choose, and uh, Kissel and I just randomly, we both have like a list of them. We're just randomly choosing them. And but again, I, that's side stories, L-P-O-T-L at gmail.com. We love your fucking emails. We truly, truly love them. It is, uh, it's so cool to have very creative and fans that are plagued by scary things. Oh, yeah. I have a story about something terrifying that I witnessed during my time in Afghanistan, other than all the war shit. Oh, wow. That's very scary. Absolutely. Packs of roaming feral dogs are a very common sight in southern Afghanistan. They make their way into bases and combat outposts in search of food. Small children try to sell them to you on the streets. Needless to say, when I witness the phenomenon I am about to describe, I brush it off eventually as just another trash-fed Afghan street dog. It all started what I would consider a typical day. We were sweeping the road for IEDs and building a small bridge over the Helmand River. At some point in the afternoon, an Afghan elder brought us a wheelbarrow full of goat meat wrapped in what was essentially non bread, like little goat burritos. Ooh. He told us the food was to thank us for the new bridge and keeping the Taliban out of his village. Against our better judgment, about half of the platoon, including myself, ate the goat burritos. We were so sick of MREs and not being able to take a shit, but every four days, as MREs have an extreme constipating effect. Unfortunately for those of us that ate the goat burritos, we had an issue quite the opposite of constipation for the next 24 hours. Another poo-poo story. There's a lot of dookie. I honestly, I, the other one was a dookie story too. Yeah. I, there was probably, of the ones, there was 25 stories that had to do with asses <laughs> and shit. Yep, yep. Because it's 2 a.m. the next day. I had been shitting my brains out for hours since the goat burritos. Nevertheless, it was my shift to conduct fire watch and patrol around outside the tent. One thing I will always remember about Afghanistan is how beautiful and full of stars the sky was. Southern Afghanistan is extremely rural. The homes are made of mud and other materials from the Helmand River, and there is little to no electricity. Because of this, there is no light, pollu- there is no light pollution, and the sky lights up at night with millions of stars and colorful patterns. Mm. I have not seen anything like it before or since. Nice. 
We were staying the night at a very small patrol base, no more than the size of a children's soccer field, called Combat Outpost Rankle. It was eerily quiet that night, and my lack of sleep combined with the endless goat burrito diarrhea seemed to have a slightly hallucinogenic effect on me. I took a wooden ammo box to use as a toilet to berm on the edge of the outpost. The tops of these berms are lined with razor wire. On the other uh, side of the berm was a long, abandoned mud house with blown-out wall. It was in the middle of the, my 23rd molten lava shit of the day, and then I heard it. A long, deep, rumbling growl. I jumped off my makeshift toilet with my pants still at my ankles and oh. readied my M16, scanning the top of the berm, and praying I would not have to shoot a dog charging at my exposed dick and balls. What I saw instead was still frequently visits my nightmares. A drooling beast with glowing yellow eyes so bloodshot they looked as though they were bleeding was crouched atop the berm, its head poking in between the razor wire. It had only patches of fur and a completely hairless head. The little fur it had was oily and matted, black and gray. The animal had actively bleeding gouges all over its body like you would see on a bear that just fought another. A substantial pool of drool was collecting under its open mouth. It was bigger than any dog that I had ever seen, even as a former Newfoundland owner. Wow. This beast looked closer in size to a bear, but with bony thin legs and huge paws sunk down into the fine Afghan sand. Its claws were black and long like something you'd see on a bird of prey. I completely locked up. I had been in plenty of firefights and other life-threatening scenarios during my time in country. I had never just locked up before. Something happened to me as that creature stared in my eyes. My heart was pounding, but my body was frozen. I didn't even know if I could have pulled the trigger if it charged at me. After a couple more low, guttural noises, the creature started backing up into the shadows, slowly disappearing until all I could see were the yellow eyes. Suddenly, the eyes vanished. I could feel my body unlock. The nighttime bugs and other ambient noises kicked back on again like somebody threw a switch. When I finally was able to move my legs again, I ran back to my platoon's tent, looking over my shoulder and back at my at the berm every couple steps. I ran into the tent and told my platoon sergeant what I saw. He told me and a couple of buddies to go walk the perimeter and make sure dogs weren't trying to get into the outpost. We walked around for almost an hour, shining our flashlights over the berm into the night. The only trace of the beast we found was the large puddle of drool in the berm where I experienced my standoff with it. I touched the drool with my glove, and the liquid was viscous and slimy. It reminded me of the drool from the movie Alien, but that would burn you. That's the, uh, that's the whole problem with it, yeah. My buddies had a good laugh about it. They gave me a bunch of shit, told everybody in the platoon, and saw a ghost dog. I eventually came to the logical conclusion that it must have been one of the feral Afghan dogs that we see every day. Maybe just a large alpha and the sleep deprivation made it more in my mind than what it actually was. The next morning, the sun came up and as we headed out of the outpost village in a convoy, as we left the gate driving along the berm, I saw a little girl with greasy black hair, half in the shadows, standing in the space of the blown open wall of that abandoned mud house. As I drove by, only her head turned to follow my truck. My body locked up. All I could do was stare into her dark, yellow eyes. Whoa! It's a werewolf! It's cool! It's a werewolf indeed! Man, dude! I fucking love scary stories. I'm so sad that Halloween is over, that October is over. I know that for us it never ends, technically. It never ends. But, and I, we keep it in our hearts. I mean, but the sad thing is, and this isn't necessarily, I don't know if it's sad, but you know, the crazy thing is now, it's already Christmas season. 
It's, I mean, they're already they're putting good. up the Christmas bullshit. I bullshit. saw them taking, as soon as you see them taking the skeletons down at your local pharmacy. It's all done. I can and guarantee. they're putting up stockings, folks. We can do some pushback on Christmas. You know how? We systematically, and I mean, unfortunately, this is just how it is. To make an omelet, you have to break a couple of Santas. We get a couple of these small Santas, and we string them up, and we set them on fire. I Listen don't think that's a no, good and idea. I don't, and I think the we mall try to Santas find, are the ones who are killing Christmas. They're all crazy. We find ones that want to die. We find They're, ones that sign consent forms. No, but ones with like cancer, ones with like long rap sheets, ones about have you to seen separate, the like, documentary about mall Santas? Yeah, they're all they're all criminals. They're sad. They like anybody who likes having somebody sit on their knees. I'm, I'm now we're gonna get because I'm certain that we have mall Santas that listen to the show. I am not I'm certain, certain about do. that. I hope that we do. If you do, write in again. I want to hear your mall Santa story. I, I almost did it. I could see that. There was a period of time where I almost did it. I was pretty desperate for cash. Yeah. Um, but I would say this, you know, we just, we we line up a bunch of these these willing sacrifices, and we burn them in front of a Michaels, in front of a Joann's, and we show that we're not fucking around. And we show them, if we're willing to kill these humans, what do you think we'll do to all these precious decorations? Oh, my goodness. Well, that's a good point. Not, uh, I'm not against the Christmas decorations. Christmas should be 12 hours long. It's just, if, I would say... Why does Starting Halloween? Starting in December, you can start pushing, putting Christmas decorations up. Sure. It's once a month. You get, you get a month because now this is Thanksgiving month. I wish that there was like a Halloween hangover period that would allow the, the functions of Halloween to continue to November 15th. But the problem is, if you are a Thanksgiving person, you love your family, you like to go eat a lot of food. I mean, you got a big family. Everyone I love is, Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving gets totally screwed because October's big time. Everyone loves October. Everyone loves Halloween, and then Thanksgiving, Christmas is trampling all over it. Yeah, it's it's you know it's got a tactical flashlight up its butt. Yes, it does, which is good. Again, when the power goes out. Yep. So thanks to all the moms and dads out there that got their thing that got their kids gifts that the kids scoffed at at first until they needed them. And thanks to the moms and dads that put it in the V and became moms and dads instead of just putting it in the B. Well, I don't know about all that, but but I mean also, but or don't. Because we've got too many people. It's a tactical flashlight. We have too many people on the planet. You can run over it with a car. Just six or seven Santas set on fire in a parking lot is going to send a message. They're always running over the, the flashlights with a car. How many? Have you ever ran over a flashlight? Has a flashlight ever been run over? What are you talking about? The tactical flashlight commercial. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's just to show how strong it is. That's just bragging. No, I know, but no one's ever... It's not a real scenario. No, I know that. But it just shows that you could be real, 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 real fat and sit on it and it won't break. Side stories, L-P-O-T-L at gmail.com. Let me know if you ever run over a flashlight. Are you fat enough to break a flashlight with your own butt? <laughs> Let us know. Let's find out. Let's I want to know. know. But now, man, we got we have, we have letters for days. We're going to keep... I'm probably going to still go into this. But yes, no more creepy positive submissions if you could possibly... If you could... If you could halt them for now because the time has passed and we now have a, a many for uh, the future and we're going to read through creepy emails as we go we, I, you know i like reading creepy emails. absolutely and of course you can send the stories you want us to talk about uh to the email address for mentioned and uh if you have a hero of the week put in the subject hero of the week and of course if you have a hero of the week song you want us to play we always uh, do yeah we always do feel um, free to create it because you're you're all very talented artists very talented um so we have tickets available november 8th for the death becomes us festival Kissel and I are going to do a super special hyper planned. You should see the costumes oh and the sets God. we have built for Side Stories Live. You would not believe the amount of work we're putting into this you know, show. The nice thing about like, oh, is it going to be good? Is it going to be bad? Elton John, you know what I had? High expectations. And you know what he did? He exceeded them. For us. Set it low. Set it low. Low and slow. Let's go low. Let's limbo. We're going to be in D.C. 
And that's that's going to be the fun part. And um, yeah, because who knows who we'll see and who I could fucking I can throw a bag of shit at. If you know Stephen Miller and you would like to have him invite come him on to the stage, show, I would we'll love throw to throw a bag of shit on him. Honestly, if you guys know Stephen Miller and can invite him to the show and swear, be like, tell them this is a Republican show. Like, honestly, like that we're super pro the whole administration and we love his tactics. Like, butter him up. Say like we do like. Like hashtag Stephen Miller light, like people that we think that oh. look like Stephen Miller but aren't like hot enough to be him, like that kind of <laughs> shit. Yeah, invite him to the show. We'll take care of him. <laughs> sure, whatever that means. Uh, yes, indeed. All right, everyone. We'll, thank we'll cover you. him in whipped cream. Woo! Like Varsity Blues. Mm, get your tongues ready. Um, all right, we got that show. Nolans. We still got some tickets left. Go late show in New Orleans. Get to come on down, watch us tape, and you can see the scintillating behind the scenes, what it's like what shooting it's like. a live comedy special and how exciting it is. How exciting it is. There's going to be cameras and people will be like, laugh. You have to laugh now for the cameras. There'll and be then, some warm up. Yeah, there'll be some of that. But also, yeah, if you have an active warrant, you might want to not show up on camera. You will be on camera. That's right. Some so of you will. If you're on the lamb right now, you're going to want to just buy the documentary. But or honestly, buy, the, buy the live special. I'll put it this way, too. If you do happen to show up in costume, you're more likely to show up on camera. So if you want to do that and you got a nice, ridiculous costume or you're uh, you're a cool looking babe, you're a cool looking dude, you're out there. Big fat guys with big laughs. Sure. Big I want laughs. those guys like covering popcorn going, yeah, yeah, yeah. Say it again, Henry. Talk about your asshole again, Henry. Yes, indeed. We well, that right is discussed quite often. Yep. Um, also, speaking of specials, Hail Yourself America, you can go to HailYourselfAmerica.com November 1st. Wow, you, you got the URL. You didn't get scooped. I got the URL. I didn't get scooped. And thanks, everyone, who came out to Zanies in Nashville this past Sunday. It was so much fun. And uh, everyone loved the documentary. And people laughed. They're like, you, Henry, in it. Yeah. Henry Space is in it. That's what I like to hear. And um, yeah, so check that out. HailYourselfAmerica.com. So live your life. Like you just understand, you just understood that Kissel in a blackout did not purchase HailYourself.com and you were going to purchase that from underneath him, right? I did do it. And then laugh about how much money you would charge Ben Kissel for him to get HailYourself.com from you and what that would take. And there are certain mm. URLs um, like Bud Light Lime Monster. That Kissel's Kissel's been purchasing a lot of different URLs. He's in that business. He's well, to flip them. you do have to flip them. It's like it's it's real estate on the internet. Who's got boobs.com? <laughs> Live and laugh like that person that got boobs.com first, right? I mean, you to love love the fact that there is a free internet out there, and that internet brings you uh, anything from a goat fucking a man to a. To feed from the International Space Station. And how beautiful that is. And how free that is. All right. Bud Light Lime Monster is still available. Let's see who's got boobs. I'm assuming who's got boobs is a URL that has been taken. B-O-O-B-S or dollar sign. I'll do it with the S first. Let's see who's got boobs. You can get that one too. No, that's fake. No, that's it. Who's got boobs? Uh, what, you just wrote who's got boobs.com? Who's got boobs.com? No, I was just saying boobs.com. Oh, just boobs.com. Yeah, who's got boobs. Oh, I thought you were saying who's got boobs.com. <laughs> now, if boobs.com isn't taken, then I. Boobs.com uh, redirects to bustycams.com, which is a porn site. All right. 
There you go, everyone. Thank you all so much for listening. Really appreciate it. Hail yourselves. Happy Halloween. Magustalation, CNDC. I hope you throw up from candy tonight or throw oh. up from making love so hard you get sick from physical exertion. Oh, I hope you all have fun. Hail Satan. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. Save big money on everything for your projects. Now at Menards. We have it all for garden and landscaping essentials. Visit our outdoor garden center today and update your backyard space. Grid accents lattice panels have a timeless design with an innovative design that's simple to install and requires almost no maintenance. Save big on lattice panel options at Menards. View our entire selection of garden center products today on Menards.com. Save big money at Legend has it, underneath the NJM insurance offices lies a room of rejected mascot memorabilia. Is it real? No one knows. But we do know NJM is proud to put policyholders first. No jingles or mascots, just great insurance. NJM.